Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. wants us to reset some areas of our lives. So uh, Romans chapter 12 verses 1 through 2 has been uh, the base verse of, of the series. So if you're there, picking up in chapter 1, this is what it says. It says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I love this. I love this that Paul is telling us and he's encouraging us to live this kind of life. He says if we, if we live and pursue this kind of life, then we will get to experience the fullness of the life that God has made available to us, right? And so we've talked about resetting our choices. We've talked about resetting and renewing um, our relationships. We've talked about resetting and renewing our thoughts, our minds. And this morning I want to talk to you about resetting our identity, I believe that God wants us to remember who we are, who he has created us to be, whose we are. And so I want to talk to you from this thought this morning, identity theft. Come on, why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell them, don't get your identity stolen. That's right. We talk to our neighbors at church. They're nice people, good people, <laughs> and we have fun. So we're going to pray, ask God to be here to speak to us as we continue God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you are good. We thank you that you are faithful. We thank you that every time that we gather, it's not just to hear words, God, but it's to hear your word. We believe that any and every time that your word is spoken, it never returns void. God, that it always does something into our lives and in our hearts, Jesus. And so we pray and ask, God, with open eyes, open ears, and open hearts that you will speak to us this morning, God. That you will encourage us, but that you will also challenge us and give us strength to become everything that you have called us to be, Jesus. God, we give you full authority to move and do everything you want to do in this place, God. That when we leave, we will leave here knowing who we are, God. That we will leave healed, that we will leave transformed, and that we will leave ready to move forward in your name, God. So we thank you that you are good. We thank you that you are faithful, God. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Uh, why don't you give Jesus some praise? Come on. He's good. And I want to celebrate in advance because I believe that he's going to speak to us today. And, and as I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about um, distractions. Anybody know someone that's always distracted? Maybe you're distracted. Anybody? Can you give me a wave? You know someone that's always distracted? I know a few people. You know, you sometimes you talk to them and they're thinking about something else. You think they're paying attention and they're really thinking about what they're going to have for lunch. 
happens all the time. Distractions happen to all of us, and they're not always bad, right? There's some good distractions. Maybe you've had a rough day, a rough week, and so you want to go home, get to your house, get in bed, binge watch some Netflix, right? And it's like a good distraction. You want to just get your mind off of things for a second. That's a good distraction. But there's also some distractions that can be detrimental to our lives, like texting and driving. And it happens all the time. I don't know if you've ever been driving and the car, a car in front of you is kind of swerving and they don't know what they're doing. And then you pass them. And as you pass them, as we usually do, we got to look to see who's driving the car we just passed. I'm judging you. You were going too slow. And we realize, oh, it's because you're on your phone. Right? If you're anything like me, you kind of just, just have to stop yourself from honking and going, the phone. <laughs> but I'm trying to be a nice person. Don't do this. <laughs> but texting and driving, it's about distraction, right? You're taking selfies, you're Instagramming, you're checking Facebook and whatever else you do on your phone. And, and distractions, this can cause car accidents, right? They can be detrimental to our lives. Distractions, maybe you're in line, you're in traffic, and the person in front of you, they're not moving forward, so everybody starts cutting them off because you're just not moving. Hello, you're distracted. Maybe you've been watching the game, you're going to be watching the Super Bowl and your wife's speaking to you and you're just not paying attention, you're distracted. And who knows, she might be telling you that she's going out on a shopping spree and you just tell her, yes, honey, and there you go. That's about distraction for you, maybe not for me. But it's distractions nonetheless. And it happens, they happen to everyone. Distractions, they have consequences. And this is something that, um, a tactic that my mother used to use on me when I was a little girl. Now, if you know me, you know I'm a picky eater. I can count in one hand the things that I like to eat. But I can give you a long list of things I don't like. Now, don't judge me, but one of those things I hate are veggies. I hate veggies. And so as I've gotten older, I've learned to just blend them into a shake, a juice, whatever, put a little bit of an apple to kind of mask the taste of spinach. And that's the only way. But when I was little, I was really bad. So my mom, in an attempt to make me a nutritious meal, she would gather all these green veggies, blend them, and make them into a soup. Now my mom's right there, and she's nodding because she remembers this like it was yesterday. <laughs> and she used to blend them. And it was this thick, great mom, it was this thick uh, green veggie soup. And I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it just, just kind of has like a texture. And if you don't blend it right, it may have a little chunk here and there, which is not good if you don't like veggies. <laughs> and so what she used to do is that she used to have to distract me in order for me to eat the soup. So she would call my cousins over, use them as bait, give me a nail polish, give me some makeup, and as I was distracted painting my cousin's nails, doing their makeup, whatever, as a little girl, just painting their, their whole faces, um, I would open my mouth and drink my soup. And so, and so my mom had to do this almost every day for me to get some nutrients, right? Because I was stubborn and I didn't like veggies. And distractions happen to all of us, right? Distractions, they have consequences in our lives. And they don't only come to, to have consequences that that affect the outside, but also consequences that, are, that affect the inside. They affect our souls. They affect what we don't see. And the Bible is very clear when it tells us that there is an enemy of our soul. The word of God warns us and tells us there is an enemy that is after you. 
after your soul, after, after everything that God has deposited in you. In John chapter 10, if you can, just make a, a mark on your notebook, on your journal. And, and I want you to go back and read this over. But John chapter 10, this is what it says. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus calls the enemy a thief. Now we got to understand that this isn't just any ordinary thief. He's a strategic thief. He doesn't just come to take everything from you. He comes to take certain things from you. Valuable things. It's like if a robber gets into your house, he's not going to pack up your whole house. He's going for what's valuable. He knows where to go. He knows what to look for. In the same way, the enemy of our souls is looking to take from us the things that are valuable. This is what he's going after, our identity. Because he knows that our identity matters. He knows that our identity is who God has created us to be. And he knows that we will always behave in a way that is consistent with the way that we see ourselves. So he knows that if I can get us to think wrong of ourselves, we're not going to live the kind of life that God has for us. I cannot live right if I see myself wrong. Some of us were here today, and you may be thinking, well, Diana, I really don't think I deal with low self-esteem. I really don't think wrong of myself. I really am not thinking low of myself. But let me tell you, maybe you're not thinking enough of yourself. And that's just as bad. Because maybe you don't know exactly what God has created you to be. So you don't have to think the worst of you to not think enough of you. To not know what God has for your life. And so the enemy is after our identity because our identity determines our behavior. It determines how we speak. It determines, determines how we walk. It determines what we believe possible. It determines where we go. And ultimately, our identity is what displays God's nature in us. Our identity points back to God, to our maker. And so the enemy is attacking God through us. Through our identity, he wants to challenge God's creation because he knows that we are valuable to God. So he wants to rob us of our identity. And so the problem that we have is that if we allow the enemy to steal our identity, then he can destroy our destiny. If he steals your identity, he has the power to destroy our destiny. This is why we need to be careful. Our identity is much more than knowing your name. When somebody asks you, who, you who, who are you, we usually tend to reply with our names. But you can know your name and not know who you are. I can ask you here this morning, who are you, when you can tell me and describe to me your career, tell me you're a mom, tell me you're a spouse, tell me you're a husband, and still yet not know who you are. Because the only one that can properly describe your identity and who you are is not possessions, it's not your bank account, it's not the car that you are driving, it's not what you do for a living, but it's your Father in heaven, the one that created you. He is the only one that can describe who you truly are. So the enemy wants to rob us by, uh, of our identity, and he doesn't do this by just giving us no identity. He knows what he's doing, and so what he does is that he makes us draw our identity from things and places that are not correct, right? He wants us to get the wrong identity. 
He wants us to get distracted so while we're looking elsewhere, he can make us believe that this is who we are. If we are distracted, then we become unaware of what God says that we are, and we become vulnerable to believe who we are not. But the beautiful thing about God is that he's clear in what and who he says that we are. And so what we can do today is that if we can really know the truth of who we are, then we will become slaves to who we are not. If we can leave this place knowing who we are, we will not become slaves to who we are not. If you know who you are on the inside, you won't let the outside rule you. Because you know who you are at the core. Because you know who you are, who God has called you to be. So we need to become aware because what the enemy wants to do is that he wants to steal from us by replacing truths with lies. And he gets us distracted so that we think that what he's telling us is the truth. And he uses areas of our lives to make us believe this. And he's not very creative. Most of the time he uses the same tricks. And so I have four things that I want to tell you that I believe are the most common things that the enemy uses to steal and to give us the wrong identity. I believe that he uses our issues, he uses opinions, he uses experiences, and he uses the world around us. He can use these things to get us to believe something that is not true. He uses our issues because he knows that we've all got them. I have issues, you have issues, we have issues, and maybe you're here and it's a Sunday morning and if you can be real here at church, you've got some issues. Come on, anybody have some issues here? I've, I'm the first one, I've got some issues. And maybe you're here and you're like, Diana, I, I'm good. I come to church every Sunday, I uh, serve on team, I just joined a connect group and um, it's just, I have no issues. Well, um, let me break it to you. Uh, maybe that's your issue. Your issue is that you are in denial about your issues. So you've got some issues. We're all on the same level, right? And so we're human. There are weaknesses and things that we struggle with, and that's okay. When you have a relationship with Jesus, you don't immediately become perfect. You're going through a journey with God. And as you walk this journey out, God begins to deal with those issues in your life, but it's a process. But what the enemy wants you to do is that he wants you to label yourself with whatever issue you have. He wants you to become your weakness and he wants you to become your struggle. The enemy, what he wants you to do is that do we want, he wants us to draw our identity based on what's happening around us, based on our issue that we have. So we all have struggles, but we need to understand that just because we have struggles doesn't mean our struggles have us. That when you walk with Jesus, you may be working through some things, but those things do not define who you are. And those things cannot hold back from the future that God has for you. So he uses our issues, but he also uses opinions. Because part of our identity is shaped by the words that we have heard from the moment we were born up until now. Opinions and words that were spoken uh, over you by your parents, your family members, your friends, your peers, your co-workers, strangers. Words that became true in your mind sometimes. Opinions of what they expected of you, what they thought you should be, what they see in you. Observations about what you have done, opinions from people. 
And he uses opinions because the enemy knows that most of us have experienced words that are, have not been the nicest. He knows that some of us have experienced words over our lives that have hurt us, that have created wounds in our hearts and in our souls. That some of us, we have not just heard encouraging words, but that we have heard words that have put us down. Words that have come to tell us, you're not going to amount to anything. You're just like your mom. You're just like your dad. Your family is going to look the same as my family did. Words that came to tell us, you're always going to live in fear. You're always going to live in doubt. You're always going to be this way. There's no changing for you. Words that sometimes we believe, and they begin to stop us from achieving what God has for us, from reaching the identity that God has for us. But I want you to know that just because somebody said it, it doesn't mean you have to believe it. Because people may have come to put labels on you. People may have come to tell you where you're that ex-drug addict, you're that ex-drug dealer, you were that cheater, you were that liar. People come to put labels over you because they want you to think that that's who you are. But the only one that has naming rights over your life is the one that created you. So the only one that has the ability to speak something over your life that is in fact truth and never changing is the one that created you. And he doesn't speak words that defeat you. He speaks words that uplift you. He might speak words that challenge you because we need to change, because he prompts us to change. But what he's going to do is that he's going to speak life into us. He's going to come reminding us that, in fact, you are not broken. I'm going to make you whole. That, in fact, you're my son and you are my daughter. That I picked you up, that I fight your battles, that I'm for you. But if we believe everything that everybody else says, then we can begin to lose who we truly are. He uses our experiences. He uses our experiences because he knows that life, life can be rough. Life, it's not beautiful all the time. He knows your life. He knows your situation. And he's going to try to use your situation and your circumstance to make you believe that that's who you are. Some of us, we've had to walk down some dark roads. Some of us, we've had to go through some difficult journey. Some of us, we've experienced abuse. Some of us, we've experienced some things that have led us to believe that that's who we are. Some of us, we may have made some mistakes. Some of us may have made some poor choices in life. But what the enemy's trying to do through your experiences is that he wants you to identify every season of your life by what happened in one season of your life. He wants to come and tell you that what you did 30 years ago is still who you are today. That, what, that that which was done to you 10 years ago, three months ago, is who you are today. He wants to get you stuck in one page because for as long as you can flip the page of what happened to you, of what you did, of your mistake, then you're never going to be able to see the rest of what God has for you. He wants you to stay stuck in one chapter and make that the entirety of your story. He wants to make you believe that you are what happened to you. He wants to make you believe that you are what you did. But I come to tell you that God comes to give us life, that he has created us new, that, he, that we are a new creation in him, that there is a second chance for us, that he has words of who we truly are, sons and daughters of God. And staying on the same page is like choosing to stay a caterpillar forever, never to pick up the wings that God has for us. He has so much more for you. Don't limit the rest of your story by what happened in one chapter of your life. 
He also uses the world around us. Media, um, society, all these words and these messages that get thrown at us every single day. When we turn on the TV, when we pick up our phone, when we turn on the radio, things, situations, words, visuals that will make us feel that who we are, it's not good enough. That will lead us to think that you need more money because that's the only way that you're going to feel valued. You need to have a little bit more money because that's the only way that you're going to uh, finally be able to go out with the girl you like. But let me tell you, the girl that's right for you is not going to care if you have a lot of money or no money. But he makes us believe that we need a little bit more. You need to be driving that car. You're 1985, it's not good anymore. Somehow it just makes you not valuable. He tells you, you need to speak a little bit more like that person. You, your face needs to look a little bit more like that person. Your body needs to look a little bit more like that person. Your social circle needs to look a little bit different. And it makes you believe that you need all these things in order to become somebody. It makes you believe that all of a sudden what you have, it's not enough. The enemy will use this to get you to run a race that it's not yours to run. And we begin to try to fit in some shoes that God never intended for us. And when we get to the other side, we realize I may have made it, but I ran somebody else's race. All along, God has a lane just for you. A lane that was designed to propel you, to use all of your giftings, all of your talents, everything that he has for you. But he will lie to make you think you need to become somebody else. But to every lie that the enemy throws our way, there is a truth that comes from God. And so that's what I want us to take with us today, that God wants us to reset our identity. That doesn't mean that we need to become someone that we are not. That actually means that we're coming here today to realign ourselves with who God says that we are. That we're coming here today to look within ourselves and ask ourselves that question, who am I? Have I been acting like someone I am not? Have I been pursuing the things that are not for me? And today I believe that we can leave this place knowing who we are. Choosing to grab a hold of the words that God has for us and running your race. Because you can go through life and you'll never be fulfilled if you're running somebody else's race. So I'm going to give you three quick things that I believe that if we stay aware, I believe that every time we think about reset, if we come back to these things and we really ask ourselves these questions, if we really remember this, that we're going to be able to be in a place where we always remember who we are and whose we are. The first thing that we need to remember is that what you repeat, you believe. What you repeat, you will believe. There was this study done on this theory, and it was proven uh, to be correct, actually, to be true. It's called the illusory truth effect. And it describes the fact that if a falsehood is repeated often enough, people will believe it. Meaning the more you hear something or the more you repeat something to yourself, you're going to end up believing it. If you keep telling yourself you can't do it enough times, you're not going to do it. If you keep telling yourself, life's always going to look this way. Today was horrible, tomorrow's going to be even worse. If you keep telling yourself, that would happen to you, and poor me, and I'm a victim. If you keep telling yourself, life's always going to be the same. If you keep telling yourself, nothing good ever happens to me, then guess what? You're going to believe it. And most likely, that's the place where you're always going to be. 
what you repeat, you believe. But the beautiful thing about what we repeat is that if we begin to speak the word of God over our lives, the word of God has the power to transform. The word of God are not just words that are spoken, but they hold power. They hold the power to change us from the inside out. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says that the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Are you eating the fruit of death or are you eating the fruit of life? I want to encourage you and challenge you today. Get acquainted with the word of God. So many times we can become a little scared and, and a little just hesitant to pick up this book and read what is in it. But I want to challenge you today. Let's start. You'll never get to find out what God has for you if you don't get to know who he is. Get to know his character. Get to know what he says about you. You can go pick up a Bible after service. If you don't have one, it's absolutely free. We'll give it to you. Because we believe that in his word, you're going to find the answers to who you are. That in this word, you're going to begin to find the value that everything else has tried to take from you. The word of God gives life. And it says that it never, ever returns void. That it always accomplishes that which it says to do. You may not see it today, but if you keep reading it, if you keep believing it over your life, you will see it. You will see it be accomplished. You may not believe you are worthy today, but if you keep telling that to yourself, soon enough you will believe that in fact you're a child of God. That in fact he died for you because you are valued. That in fact there's a hope and a purpose for your life. Because when you repeat, you believe. And the word of God has the power that the world does not have over us. The word of God says we're accepted, that we are forgiven, that we're a new creation. So I believe that we can begin to walk differently once we learn how to repeat the right things to ourselves. I want to challenge you to change your language today. Stop speaking death and begin to speak life. It may not make sense in your situation. You may be in the thick of this situation. But if you begin to tell yourself and remind yourself, my God fights for me. My God says there is victory in his name. My God will wait for me. My God will bring me out of this situation. It's going to encourage you as God walks you through that season of your life. So what you repeat, you believe. And number two, what you believe, you do. Because if you get to believe it, now you begin to walk in it. So many times we come to church and we hear a message. Sometimes we might even feel identified by the word that is being spoken, sometimes we don't believe that it's for us. Many times we believe that, in fact, this might be for the person next to me. Sometimes we can even be here and hear a message about identity and you're thinking in your chair, well, surely this must be for the 15-year-old. But this is for the 15-year-old as much as it is for the 50-year-old. Because you could be 50 and have gotten your identity stolen and you don't even know it. Because you could be 50 here today and the enemy's after your identity as much as he is after the one of the fifth that's 15. So it matters to you as much as it matters to me. What we believe we will do. If we believe the word of God to be true. If you believe here today that in fact God has a plan for you. Regardless of where you find yourself in life. Regardless of how old you are. Then you will begin to walk by faith and not by sight. All of a sudden, life may put some challenges in front of you, but because you know the truth, you begin to put one foot, in, one foot in front of the other. 
You begin to say, hey, I don't know where this is leading me, but I believe, and so I'm going to walk it out. You may not feel all that great yet, but because you know that God made you a victor in his name, now you walk into a room with your head a little bit higher. Because you know that may, you may not have it all together yet, but you know the promise that's holding, the promise that's waiting on the other side. You know who you are. What you believe, what you believe, you do. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work in us. He wants to do incredible things in you and through you. He wants you to be begin to not just believe, but walk like you're expecting miracles. Walk like you know. When, you, when you're in a place and you know you don't belong there and you're kind of trying to pretend... Right, you kind of just pretend, but you know inside of you it's not true. But it's a little bit different when you know you got some rights. When you walk into a place and you know that's where you belong, you walk in with a little bit, a little pep in your step because you know this is where I belong. And it's the same thing that God is telling you. You believe it, you're going to walk it out like you know. Because you know the truth. When you know who your father is and you know what you have access to, you begin to walk a little bit different. You do better because you know better and number three we need to remember that what you do you become small steps in the right direction will lead you to your destination small steps in the right direction will lead you to the destiny that God has for you everything is connected but it starts today everything that you do today will have a say in what happens tomorrow and yes, Jesus has the power to change what, maybe the place you find yourself in today. But you get to decide today where you're going moving forward. You get to decide today what you speak, what you believe, what you do, and what you become. Because you already are a child of God, but can you become everything that he has for you? There's an assignment to your life. There's a call for your life. Will you be willing to do this so that you can become everything that he has for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Do you believe that's for you? Do you believe that regardless of your age, that regardless of where you stand in life right now, regardless of the season, that this is true for your life? That there is a plan for your life. That there is still a hope for your life. That there is still a future for your life. That even when you see destruction all around you, that there is still hope ahead of you. That even if you find yourself in a place where you are discouraged, that you know the hope of the world is on your side. Do you believe that today? Because if you believe it, then you will begin to act differently and become everything that he has for you. But we can't let our identity get stolen. If you're part of uh, these credit reports or whatever, sometimes they send you emails and they tell you ways to protect your identity. This is what God's doing to today. He's telling you these are some ways to protect your identity, right? There are certain things you need to monitor your accounts. You need to monitor what's happening with your social security. Where God's telling you today you need to monitor what's happening in your 
heart? Have you been living your life trying to please other people other than God? Have you been living your life trying to impress people who don't care about you? Have you been living your life trying to fill the void that's in your heart because you have not allowed me to do that for you? Today God is saying I am everything that you need and you will become everything that I've called you to do if you just hold on to your identity. I'm gonna ask you if you can, why don't you stand to your feet this morning. Morning. Morning.